0: Listening to the Full Ten Yards Podcast with your host, Timothy Lambert Monk. Welcome in. This is the Full Ten Yards Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. It's a lovely day here, 25th of July. It is a Wednesday. And got a good show in front of us today. We are going to be talking about first round busts and late round sleepers with Lee Wakefield. Tried to do it a couple of weeks ago but uh, certain things got in the way uh, including a bad microphone and some illnesses so looking forward to chatting with him but before we do a couple of bits to get through. Um, Tony Sperano uh, has unfortunately passed uh, passed away. I think he was about 56 years old which is very 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 young. Um, Obviously he was the um, Minnesota Vikings backroom staff for this year, uh, and of course was only the uh, the only coach in the last fifteen years not named Bill Belichick to win the AFC East. Um, so it was a very very sudden passing. Um, reports were that he obviously went to hospital the week before with some chest pains, but obviously nothing was uh, found. Really, um, obviously was sent home, uh, and obviously the sad news that passed just a couple of days ago. So thoughts go to his family. Other uh, big, big, big bit of news, uh, talking about running back, Saquon Barkley has signed his rookie deal. Um, it's fully guaranteed. It is a 31 million, uh, $31.2 million uh, rookie deal, uh, four years, um, $20 million signing bonus, uh, $15 million paid out immediately. Um, and he received the rest in October, I think it was. So quite a surprising one. I think that makes him the fourth... The fourth highest paid running back uh, in the NFL currently. And that segues quite nicely on to Todd Gurley, uh, who has just signed uh, his deal, his mega deal. Which actually threatens to obliterate the running back market. It's a four-year deal. uh, 45 million in guarantees. uh, 60 million uh, over the course. I think he's going to be... I think he signed up there for till oh, is it the next six years i'm not too. i can't quite remember off the top of my head but um yeah certainly uh levion bell is someone that's going to be interested in, in that deal but you can certainly see obviously people like david johnson uh, who's holding out for a moment um obviously the running back market uh, has a bit of an, a resurgence over the last year or so uh, especially the types of running backs as well you know the three down backs so yeah, it would be interesting to see what that kind of does for everyone else kind of sets the bar um, quite interesting to see what Bell gets out of the, out out of that. Um, obviously, he's rejected a few deals uh, worth about seventy million over the three or four years. Um, you know, obviously, it's all reported, but um, yeah, quite interesting to see how that one plays out. But uh, what do Todd Gurley and Saquon Barkley have in common? They are first round picks in fantasy drafts this year, but will they make the first round busts uh, on mine and Lee Wakefield's lists? Let's should we find out? Yeah, let's find out. But before we do that, get in touch. If you want to get in touch with the show, let us know who your first-round busts are. Let us know who your late-round diamonds in the rough are as well. You can do that a couple of ways. You can get us on social media at Full10Yards. You should all know that by now. And again, just to reiterate, we are giving a jersey away when we get to 500 followers. And you can also do it through Voice Bite. So if you want your voice played onto the show, you want your thoughts played on the show, download the Voice Bite by tap, or simply find a tweet with a link to that where we give you a link to get in touch with the show. It's a couple of clicks, sign in with Facebook, f- so, f- sign in with your social media account, and it will literally c- take a couple of clicks, record uh, fifteen seconds, up to 15 seconds worth of media, and that will come straight to me, and then we will play the best ones out on the show. So again, that's voice bite and say uh, just look on our social media for a couple of links. for It's a big web recorder button. Get in touch with the show, very, very easy, and I say we will play the best ones out on the show. But without any further ado, let's get straight into it. Okay, so I have a Cleveland Browns jersey on today to, in the, for this podcast, and you may be asking why would you be wearing a, a Cleveland Browns jersey. Well, I can tell you the one reason is we're going to be covering first round busts today in fantasy drafts, and if it's one, one thing the Cleveland Browns know, it's about first round busts. Uh, I'm going to be joined by Lee by Lee Wakefield today. Uh, we're going to be it's the second time uh, attempting in this one. We've had a few a few minor issues, and obviously Lee has not been too well. Lee, I hope you're you're doing well, buddy.
1: Yeah, I'm all right now, thank you, Tim. Yeah, um, well over my uh, little thing that I had. Yeah, was uh, it? Yeah, no, on now.
0: Was it just flu? Was it like flu stuff, or was it a virus, or?
1: Yeah, a bit, a bit of like a flu-y sort of chest infection kind of thing. Yeah, nothing too serious. But yeah. Yeah, I'm on the back of my feet now.
0: Uh, not, not good in the in the heat. What's the heat been like down down your way?
1: Oh yeah, it's re- it's been really nice actually. It's been your know, high twenties, early thirties for mm. a good while now actually. Yeah. Not seen rain in a long, long while. Grass is looking very, very uh, dry and yellow
0: yeah it does yeah uh i see everyone's got a fascination at the moment with um people finding old like historical castles and the, like the, the imprints on the grasses and that kind of stuff i'm like oh my god what have you got nothing better to do but, <laughs> but anyway what about, um what about you up in scotland uh for me uh, it's been absolutely lovely here it's not, obviously it's never i don't think they know what 30 degrees is up here but um Certainly the sunshine's been very hot and I've got a bit of a tan going. Um and I don't think many Scottish people have seen the likes of it. Um I like to think that I've brought the the weather up. Um But yeah, can't complain. The breeze is nice, the the air is nice and clean and fresh and the sun the sun still shines like it does down there. So yeah, can't grumble. i good. <laughs> okay, cool. So yeah, well like I'd say we're here to talk first round busts. So we you know, we're talking like first 10, 12, 14 picks in your fancy drafts, but we're also going to give you you guys out there a couple of late round sleepers that we like uh, hopefully that are going in drafts maybe around the, the you know 10th round or later uh, and give the give those reasons why we think there will be busts or or diamonds in the rough in those later rounds um so cuz I'm selfishly I'm going to go first um <laughs> I'm going to go uh, first off I'm going to go uh, Kareem Hunt now obviously he was the lead rusher last year um and quite a lot of people you know love him and uh, have no hesitation to take him but there's just so many question marks there for me. Um, I actually had a bet with one of my friends uh, the other day about Kareem Hunt finishing in the top 13 uh, in standard scoring next year. So he's obviously they've got the first 13. I, I I just think that Kareem Hunt could could fall by the wayside. I don't know it's his second year uh, in the league, which also you know has its positives and minuses. And yeah, I just think Spencer Ware was obviously going was the lead dog going, going into the year until he got injured. Obviously he allowed Kareem Hunt to take over. Cream had 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 around ninety percent of that backfield touches last year, and I just don't think that will happen again. I don't think you know Andy Reid has a history of doing funny things to running backs. Um, you know the, the guy from uh, second second year from Toledo guy uh, two hundred and seventy two carries last year thirteen hundred and twenty seven yards. You know he was first first in rush yards, but I just don't see. The offence in general, I think, has changed dynamic in the sense that obviously Patrick Mahomes is there now. You've got no Alex Smith there anymore. You've got Sammy Watkins, who's the marquee signing. You've got Tyreek still on the outside, Travis Kelsey over the middle. And all the other little bits there as well. I just don't see Kareem Hunt getting the same production or the same efficiency uh, as he did last season. Yeah, no, I'd have to, I'd have to agree with
1: that one, to be honest. Um, like I say, you um, look at Spencer Ware come back from his injury from last year. and He's going to be looking to take over a pretty decent... Uh, uh, you know, share of those carries because you know this time last year Spencer was the number one back in Kansas, and uh, it just happened that Kareem took uh, to his chance really well. Yeah, and uh, you know took that by the scruff for the neck, so that's obviously going to be a bit more of an even share. But it's probably still going to be number one, but yeah, it's going to be uh, you know a, a lot less of that 90% share that you just mentioned. Y- and then y- yeah, I agree totally with your second point as well. The the offense is going to look a lot different. Uh, it's going to be a lot less conservative. Alex Smith base passing game. Patrick Mahomes obviously got this big arm. He's got like a deep threat in Sammy Watkins and also Tyree Kill as well. And um, so that's going to result in a lot more sort of, shots down the field. And uh, Andy Reid's going to get more creative in the passing game possibly, which again is going to take away from the running opportunities of Hunt. And um, so yeah, no, I, I totally agree with that one. It's uh, definitely someone that I will possibly be avoiding in uh, my upcoming drafts.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm not. I'm not saying for one moment that Kareem Hunt is awful. You know, I I agree. He's he's better than Spencer Ware. Um, just I'm just not sure on how you know how much allegiance Andy Reid will put in Spencer Ware when he comes back. You know, he's on he's on the last year of his contract as well. I think they've just renegotiated a deal for Spencer Ware. I was reading somewhere on, on my Twitter timeline, but you know, the cherry, the cherry on top for me is that the defense for Kansas City is is also not going to be great it's not, certainly not going to be as good as previous years you know the, last year they weren't overly great either and i just think obviously with Mahomes there as well they could be chasing a lot of games and the game script could certainly not go in, in their favor in, in some games and i know kareem hunt can pass out uh, can catch out of the backfield as well but then so can uh, spence Ware and obviously you've got Chark hendrick west there as well and let's not forget you know this is your first round pick this is a guy that you want to have very few question marks about you want to have you know guaranteed volume you want to have you know confidence to help build the rest of your team in your draft and I just think Kareem Hunt is not someone that's going to give you that Uh, and I'm not saying you know I don't expect it necessarily to be a 50-50 split Uh, I don't think it'd be anywhere near that to be honest but it wouldn't be surprising to see what 75% 70% of that backfield it's usually like a uh, 60-30-10 type you know in, in most backfields but i, I just think i think it will just regress to the mean there a little bit and i think that will that will lower kareem hunt's numbers and i don't think he's worth that that first round pick certainly you know start of the second if if you're on the end of the first round uh, and you can pick someone else up uh, as well but not for me i mean i'd much rather have i know there's a lot of people that would go kareem hunt over Mel- melvin gordon but i'd have M- melvin gordon every day of the week over kareem hunt
1: yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, like you say, it's going to be one of those things where you do want it to be like, if you, if you first pick the whole draft, then you want it to be someone who's got a guarantee. And for yeah. the, the reasons we just mentioned, that guarantee is certainly a lot lower than last year um, going into next. The, the other point on Kareem Hunt, obviously, as well, going to his second year, everyone's going to be more aware of him. Obviously, last year he was a third round pick. Like I say, wasn't expected to start the season, as I mentioned earlier. And no one really knew about him, and he sort of burst onto the scene. And you know, people are going to know all about him now, and yeah. that's obviously going to take away from him. And you do get this sophomore slump sometimes as well. So another factor. It's not you know, it's not. It's a bit of an intangible factor. It's not something that happens to everyone. No, but it's definitely something that happens, and it's something to be aware of. I'd say.
0: Yeah, certainly second year. It's always interesting to see any player, you know, whether it be quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end, and, all, and all the rest of it. You know what their second year is like, because obviously, like you say, there's tape on them. You can you can see the formations there, and you can see what routes they run. You know what they're like and how successful they are. What types of plays that the coaches call when they get the ball, and you know, it, the, the, the the truly great play, players, you know. Change their game from year to year, and you know, are still relevant because they're able to adapt to what the the defense you know dials up for for those players. And you know, there will be some teams out there that, that scheme specifically to take Cream Hunt out of the game. Um, but obviously, the, you know, before I put more negative uh, negative fire on on uh, coal onto the fire, you know, they, they they do have one of the most vertical. Uh, offences in the league I think going into the season you know Sammy Watkins Tyrick Hill so th- there could there could still be some gaps there you know they're not going to face stack boxes like people like Zeke Elliott and, and all the rest of those types are, are going to so I'm not saying that he's going to be stuffed you know there's still going to be space for him I still think he's going to score I just think there's too many question marks there for to make him worthy uh, of that first round pick but that's my opinion so do you want to do you want to give us your first your first first round bust
1: yeah definitely so um just speaking of uh, stat boxes, I think this guy's going to face quite a lot of them. Uh, my first one is Leonard Fournette. Ooh! Um, I just think uh, he's going to be facing quite a lot of stat boxes because no one is going to be, you know, expecting Blade Bottles to, you know, throw a lot of yards against them and, uh, you know, win with his So I think the onus is going to be on Fournette again, as it was a bit last year. They're going to go, you know, defense first, run first again, which obviously they have the tools, the tools to do because they still probably have the best defense in the league. Um, Fournette, um, you know, he'll break off a few big runs. He'll attract a lot of attention from defense, and he'll probably beat yardage total, which was just over a thousand from last year. Yeah. The reason why, aside from the um, the, the loaded boxes, the, the thing that makes me a little bit concerned for him is that he only averaged three point nine yards of carry last year, which obviously in his second year can always go up. But if he's facing loads of um, loaded boxes and if he's the sort of main man on offense. Then that's, that's got a chance to you know, remain around that sort of area or even decrease because they've probably got even less in the passing game this year. Yeah. Um, you know, Alan Hearns has gone to Dallas and, um. you know, there's no Alan Robinson, although they didn't have him last year. But there's no one sort of take to take the top of the defense anymore for Jacksonville. You know, I think Marquis Lee is still hanging around. Then after that, it's DD Westbrook. And probably, and Deptrax, I've not got that in front of me. It's probably a load of guys that you've not really heard of.
0: Yeah, um, I mean, so yeah, yeah, go on, sorry. On it.
1: It's just going to be difficult, I think, for him. So again, just with that question mark, difficult to invest a very, very high uh, pick in left net for me. It's probably a little bit like Kareem Hunt in the fact that um, if you if you're pitching at the top of the second or the middle of the second, and either of those guys are still around, then I think that's a great spot for them. But top yeah. of the top of the first or middle of the first, I'm not too sure.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, the other wide receivers, got the guys that take the top off there, Keelan Cole and Didi Brestbrook are the kind of the guys there. Obviously, you've got Dante Moncrief there as well on a one-year deal. You know, like I say, yeah, it's a very muddy wide receiver core there. You've got Blake Bortles throwing them the ball as well. So, you know, it's kind of, it's not really a... A, a pass first uh, defense, but yeah, just a stat that I've got in front of me here. Uh, whilst you mentioned Leonard Fournette, Leonard Fournette was the had the most, the fifth most stacked, but eight eight plus defenders in the box. Uh, 48 percent uh, of his runs were eight eight or more defenders. Um, so to to get, I suppose to get three point nine a carry uh, in in that kind of with that defense that's you know just saying you no know, throw the ball throw the ball and you still run it and still manage to get over 1000 yards i think you know it's pretty decent i think to be fair i think he ended up with just over uh, 1000 yards last season um still it's scored nine rushing touchdowns as well but i think they've brought they brought over andrew norwell uh who i think will Help the offensive line, and then, again, I think it just be more of the same. Um, I know what you're saying about the concern. Obviously, also another thing to mention about Leonard Fournette is his injury, injury history with his foot. Is you know that again, you know how many how many times have we seen a first-round pick go down to injury? You know, obviously, David Johnson last year was the, is the primary example. Every year there's a, there's a guy that goes down with injury who was selected in the first round, and that's a hard that's a hard kind of pick to try and replace uh, in the rest of your draft. And, you know, you don't find many people winning leagues where their first-round pick's gone down.
1: Yeah, it's, it's obviously big. It hamstrings you early on. Um, you know, probably went first overall, and, you know, a really, really high percentage of the league And he went you know, down with a, a season and an injury. Was it in the first game? Uh, you know, and it, it, just, yeah. it just messes up. Season in terms of your fantasy aspirations, really. Yeah, I think um, it's, and yeah, yeah, it's just another question mark to be hanging yeah. over, you know, a really early round player if they do you know, a bit susceptible to injury, especially with the, the just the general susceptibility to injury that running backs have, especially ones who play in such a bruising manner that, that Fournette does.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, uh, I think that David Johnson went down in the first series actually. I think it's like the first or second, even the first or second player of the drive. I think which. Uh, <laughs> Um, I'm staring down the barrel of uh, David Johnson in, in one or two leagues that I'm in. I've, David Johnson's not really played or I've ever had on any of my teams. And I know he's been branded about as possibly a you know a, a dodgy first-round pick. Um, not, I, I can see why people are a bit worried. Uh, he's a top-five pick, let alone a, a first-round pick. Um, <clears> but yeah, we have to see. I, I, I don't think I'm overly worried about his injury. The more the more I've looked at him, the more I'm OK with him. Uh, he's obviously a wrist injury, wasn't it? He? He's not his legs or anything. So, uh Have to see how that that plays out. So moving on to my second one then. So similar to Kareem Hunt, uh, my second first round bust is Alvin Kamara. Now I know obviously (laughs) all all the off-season hype uh, Alvin Kamara, I've seen him go, you know, top six of of drafts, which I just think is absolutely ludicrous myself. And again, we're, we're not for once, for one, for one moment saying that they're busts and they're not. You're not going to do anything this year. I do think uh, Alvin Kamara will have a decent year this year, but I just don't think he's going to be as, as efficient as he was last year. I don't think he's. He's certainly not going to get the touches in the first four games whilst Mark Ingram is out. I just think people just need to lower the expectations a little bit. Um And yeah, you know, for me, I'm quite happy with him in the second or third, or third maybe you know early third round. But for a first round pick, I just think there's a lot of things there that need to go right for Alvin Kamara to justify that first round pick.
1: Yeah, and like you said, uh, they've, they've already publicly come out and said that they're not going to just give all of Mark Ingram carries just to Green. Um, no. uh, sorry, Alvin Kamara. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I uh, um uh, and you know, so he's still going to have that sort of fifty-fifty uh, split, and you know, mo- mainly on receiving downs and things like that. That he's going to take over on uh, last year when they worked really well as in, like a nice dovetailing partnership. Yeah. And um, so he's not. It's not where you know he's going to rocket up the uh, the average trap position just because of his uh, running mate's um, you know suspension. Yeah. And um, just looking yeah. at their depth chart now, so they've brought in Terence West as it well. Has. just is like a bit of uh, maybe veteran insurance while Mark Ingram's there and he's quite capable back, he's not a world beater by any means. No. But he can certainly come in and like spell um Kamara for four games while Ingram works with his way back from that suspension. Um and I, I can't see him, him doing you know a great deal, but I can't see him doing a great deal wrong either. So no. No. he's not gonna like he's gonna suck like really badly and they're gonna have to give everything to Kamara just as like, you know, a plan B on the fly. Yeah. So yeah. I can see him, like you say, he, like we've said, he's not a bad player by any means. He's probably still going to have a great season, especially when they get Ingram um, back. But it's it's going to be another big question mark over him again for the amount of uh, share of the carries and touches that he's going to get, which, as we've mentioned a few times now, that it's it's just something that you have to consider, and you need him to have a big share. When you draft
0: him so high yeah absolutely and I say uh, I think they've also in the last couple of days they brought in Shane Vereen as well um, and also they drafted Boston Scott and I was actually quite surprised they brought in Terence West but like I say he was a hit, he was a, funny enough a guy that I drafted last season uh, for Baltimore before he was uh, largely inefficient. Um, yeah, like I say, you know, for a four-game stint, Terrence West can go hard, can play hard and, you know, like I say, just give Kamara a bit of a rest. Um, and I say, I don't think he's going to see much of an uptick in, in carries or touches, particularly Alvin Kamara. And again, I don't think, I just can't see him replicating what he did last year. And again, he's similar to Kareem Hunt. He's the second year. A lot of people can see the routes that he, he predominantly runs, what he's, his catchings like, you know, where he runs to, what he, you know, what... Basically just trying to stifle him, you know, once you see something in front of you, you you learn very quickly, or the coaches learn very quickly to to nullify that and say so Drew Brees obviously took a back seat last year, so you might might actually find that they throw the ball a lot more. Um but yeah, it'd be quite interesting to see again. it's just too many question marks for me to take uh Kamara in, in the first round. But just to give a bit of perspective on how well he played last season, so in half point PPR he was the running back one, so actually the first the highest scoring running back three times uh, out of 16, which might d- doesn't sound a lot, but to be the best running back three times out of the whole the whole field, if you like, for three weeks, is actually quite quite difficult to do. He was a top 10 running back nine times uh, and was no worse than an RB2 uh, 13 times out of 16. In one of those games, he was injured as well from concussion, I think. So you know, it just shows you how obviously, how good he was last season. Again, just don't think he replicates that.
1: Yeah, no, it says, says a lot. It, obviously, his stats are very impressive, yeah. and like we, like we were saying ourselves, um, you know, he's probably still going to have a good season, but there's, there's just those question marks. What well, in his favor though? They, they do have a really good offensive line yeah. you now. A few of those players have stepped up. So you know, Ryan Ramchick was a big hit um, last year. Left tackle, Andrews Pete uh, in and the guard, have been really switched inside. He's uh, you know, he's actually living up to his um, high draft uh, position from a few years ago. Yeah. So that's 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 his favor but um yeah just i don't see him being the lead back uh, as much as you like you first round you know, top six pick, like we've, we've both seen him going uh when we've been doing our mock drafts yeah. um yeah not not for me either. not that not that high anyway
0: i have i have a guy uh, in, my, in my one of my main leagues um there's a guy. There's a guy picking before me. I'm I'm pick number five, I think. And the guy, one of the guys that's got a pick in front of me, I absolutely loved Alvin Kamara. I'm just absolutely praying that he takes him because that gives me <laughs> that gives me one of the big four running backs dropping to me. Like I said, he's possibly one where I'm stirring David Johnson down the barrel um, yeah, in in that league because obviously the. Bel Gurley and Zeke, I think, are top three. But if he picks, obviously, Alvin Kamara, I think he's got picked two. Actually, um, it's, it's quite a big, big story in our in our league at the moment because we're all kind of baiting him into taking Kamara. But I'll uh, have to, I'll have to, I'll have to fill you in at a later point on on what happens there. But yeah, praying for it so I can get you know one of the big one of the big guys. Yeah,
1: hopefully he's not listening to this then. If that's what
0: you find <laughs> overall. No, well, we'll, we'll find it. We'll find out. We'll find out um it'll, it'll probably get mentioned in the group whatsapp but um, never mind yeah there we go they, they all they all know that i'm praying for it anyway but uh, uh, <laughs> do, you, do you want to move on to your next one
1: yeah so um actually just it's a person we've already mentioned earlier on actually so my next one is david johnson oh, okay which made might surprise, and obviously you were you were saying that you're not too worried about him uh, i've got a bit more concerns than you about him um to be honest with you by the sounds of it um so first of all it, like you're saying Perfectly correct in what you're saying. It wasn't a leg injury at all, but it was a wrist injury. Yeah. Which for running for backs, for me, it is quite an important area of the body to have fully healthy. And mm-hmm. Hopefully, it is because everyone wants to see David Johnson, you know, back to his full capabilities. Uh, but you know, he's a receiver. He's a good receiver. Is yeah. that wrist injury? Is it going to? Is going to hinder him in his receiving? Is it going to? Is it fully healthy for when he's going down to the ground after tackling? You know, he's going to brace himself with his hand and his wrist area. Is he going to be able to ward people off with stiff arms and things like that? And is he going to be able to hand fight when he's doing the, um, you know, if he's blocking back there next to even the rookie quarterback or Sam Bradford, yeah. uh, you know, in, in pass protection? Mm. So it's, it's, a, it's a really important area, I feel, and I feel like if it's not right, then he could be he could be out again, potentially.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and then just being back sharp after a year out, you know, it's a long time. Uh, the NFL season's short. Sure, it's a long off season anyway. And if you're if you're not actually playing for a length of time, if a year out is quite a long time. I feel. Um, like I say, hopefully he'll come back. He'll come back strong. But the other reason is is the Arizona Cardinals don't have a good offensive line at all.
0: Yeah, no, nah, that's not um, right.
1: And that could, that could lead to him to be facing a lot of um, up the middle. Yeah. From you know to penetration, and also the fact that Cardinals outside of Larry Fitzgerald. Maybe Christian Kirk, if he gets off to a good start in his career, don't have a great deal of passing attack either. No. So, you know, he could, again, like Cornette, face a few loaded boxes. And, uh, again, that could slow him down. I don't have the Cardinals down to have a great season overall, to be fair. Um, hopefully David Johnson will be that shining light again for them. But, you know, I think it's questionable. And like you're saying, it's someone who's going to be, regardless as like a top four, uh, running back, maybe top five pick overall in most drafts. Mm. Um, number one, overall, like I said earlier, for you know, the vast majority of draft last year. Yeah, um, you know, can can you make that investment again and potentially get stung again? You know, one bit twice shy for a lot of uh, fantasy owners potentially.
0: Yeah, no, I certainly agree. The I, mean, I think when it first happened, so yeah, let's break, break that down a little bit. Obviously, you know, he got injured first game last season. So, you, like I say, he's literally. By the time he hits the field again, it's going to be literally one whole year, one whole calendar year since you know he's had he's had that injury. So I'd hope that the healing side of things he'd he'd be a hundred percent. But yeah, like I say you know once you go to the ground, you know you've got a two hundred and fifty pound body like lying on your arm and you're in the your bottom bottom of the pile. It's quite easy to to do those as well. similar to collarbones. You know once it's gone, it, it's very fragile. Um, and I, I think when it first, when I first was thinking about David Johnson, because again, David Johnson's never a person I've had on my my fantasy teams. So initially, I was a bit worried about about the injury. But then I haven't really heard anything to the contrary or anything to be negative about it from anyone else around the league. Maybe because there's other pressing stories and it's not really been a focus of, you know, maybe it's just been taken for granted that he'll be okay. But yeah, I certainly. I'm aware of the risk that you know risk injuries, and you know if you've got someone that wants a thousand yards rushing, thousand yards receiving, those arms are going to take a bit of a battering too as well. You know, covering up the ball, going to ground, you know, trying to reach for the goal line. the 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 opportunity there for it to be re injured is is always going to be there. Um, so yes, it is a little bit of hope, I suppose. Yeah, I mean,
1: like I say, I, I feel like he he probably is going to be back. It's just something that. You know, if I was picking top four, top five of my draft, it's definitely something, just reasons that I'd bear in mind just for, you know, yeah. potentially having a few question marks over him and it's potentially something that's going to pop up again. Yeah. Like you were saying about collarbones, you know, you see the same players having the same injuries all the time. That's yeah. what it's like we don't we don't wish injuries upon anyone. We hope that everyone can get through the the season scot-free, but it just doesn't happen, unfortunately.
0: No, OK. And, so I've got a question for you then. So if you'll if you're pick five, say, say you put yourself in my shoes, I, I, I'm pick five in the draft, and the first... Uh-huh. First, force, for instance, go you know Gurley, Zeke, Bell, and j- just for instance, someone other than than you know, let's say Kamara, for instance, in my league. So if you're staring, you're staring at David Johnson, and you're staring, you're staring down at Antonio Brown. You, I assume you go Antonio Brown.
1: Yeah, I would. Um, personally, for me, I've I've got a good history of Antonio Brown. I've I've won a <laughs> league in the past off the back of Antonio Brown yeah, um, nice. when he was absolutely tearing it up a few years ago, and uh, yeah, so it's just good memories for me. Yeah. Um, he's going to get touches all the time as well. So yeah. I feel like, although running back position you know, does usually hold more value, uh, if you can pick up a superstar like Antonio Brown who doesn't miss, miss games at all, or you know, he's going to be the focal point of a high powered offense, then I think he's got uh, you know just as much value really as someone who you've got to be question marked over. Mm. Because Antonio Brown is a home
0: run, I feel. Yeah, maybe. I, again, Antonio Brown's never a player I've had on my team either. I just think there's. Maybe it's just in my head. I, I always find that Antonio Brown relies on Big Ben. Once Big Ben goes down, he's not productive. I mean, over the years, if you probably looked at the stats with Antonio Brown, the way he didn't have Big Ben on the field, he's actually been, you know, I think there was a, there was an issue with him last year, maybe all the year before. He didn't play that like, towards the last couple of games of the season so, I mean, Antonio Brown was irrelevant and I think obviously Landy Jones is obviously yeah, so obviously going to be Mason Rudolph this year um, but yeah I just I just can't I don't know I mean I, I'm not the best of um, I, I do not like taking wide receivers in the first round anyway I'd love the security of having a running back so but um, yeah it'd be it'd be it'd probably be David Johnson for me but again I know quite a lot of people and I, I, I probably un, I understand that Antonio Brown's probably more valuable to have on, on your team but yeah there we go
1: You've got. To, I guess it's one of those things where you've got to, you've got to treat it by case by case basis. Yeah. You know, not, not every running back is more valuable than every wide receiver. It's not as you know no. black and white as that. Yeah. Um. You know, it's it, it down to personal preference at the end of the day. You know, maybe it like say a little bit of history. Um. Antonio Brown's done me done well for me in the past, so he's definitely someone who I look out for. And if i if I had the opportunity to get him, I would probably jump at him mm.
0: But. All right, here's another scenario for you. Then, so say, say you'll pick five, and the first four are Gurley, uh, Zeke, Bell, and David Johnson. So you've got Antonio Brown. So for someone, mm-hmm. so, for someone that doesn't like taking wide receivers, obviously you've got OBJ there and New Hopkins. There's actually a couple of mock, mock drafts I've done, and I, I kind of hate myself for it a little bit. But I've actually taken Saquon Barkley at five. I hate, I hate doing it, but I just yeah. that's that's how much I don't like taking wide receivers first round. I just I don't know why. But I've, I mean, I've done plenty of mocks where I've taken wide receiver at number five, but um, let, let's move Let's move on because uh, I think, you, have you got one more to go for, for first round busts?
1: Yeah, just, just one more, um, yeah. just for first round, but just going back, just to touch on what you were just saying, I wouldn't take a, a rookie uh, at number five overall. No, no, I did have uh, but Yeah, I, you can I, see the value because Saquon's going to get loads of touches and going to be, you know, people point that often, Yeah, I did, I did have to but, take a
0: bath after I did it though, cause I to, just, just to clean uh, clean myself and uh, cleanse, uh, cleanse the zone. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, so yeah, just moving on, just move on to my last one for this. So this might be a bit of a surprise again, um, but again, it's so difficult to pick these because you are picking, you know, the, the cream of the crop. Yeah. you does see it, it's a bit silly uh, to be calling these guys books, but uh, it's a guy who's been in the news quite a bit recently, actually. Um, Julio Jones, I think, you know, he's got a few question marks hanging over him. Yep. You know, he's going to be sitting out of training camp, you know, potentially, you know, if Atlanta don't work out that like, new contract for him, is that going to drag on? Is he going to be able to, you know, with that chemistry with Matt Ryan again? I'm sure he is, because, you know, he's a great player. He's been, he's been in, in Steve Sarkeesian's offense now for last year, and uh, one of the best wide receivers in the game. But we're just looking at his stats, i uh, got, got his stats in front of me. You know, he only scored three touchdowns last yeah. year, although yeah. he did get, you know, over 1,400 yards, yeah. which is obviously brilliant. Uh, but the season before that, he only got six touchdowns again, so he's only scored nine in two, in two years. You know, he's not exactly old, but is he on a bit of a decline? You know, is he trying to get his last contract and um, more worried about his money nowadays? Yeah. I don't know. He's obviously got, not extra competition, but he's got extra mouth to feed on that um, offense now with uh, Calvin Ridley yeah. joining. Uh, not not that he's going to overtake uh, Julio's number one receiver on the um, the offense, but, you know, it's just, like I say, it's just another mouth to feed and uh, someone else who's going to want some balls thrown his way.
0: Yeah, so yeah, Julio Jones is a funny one. He's he's kind of one that I've never really had on my team either. I suppose obviously drafting running backs for the last five, six years I've been playing fantasy in the first round, I'm never gonna get Julio Jones, I suppose. But yeah, certainly I've seen him start dropping out of the first rounds. and uh, he's certainly someone that is of interest. He probably would have stung a lot of people last year, like say over fourteen hundred yards. I think the addition of Calvin Ridley, whilst he's another mouth to feed th- to feed, I do think that maybe there'll be a bit more attention to to Ridley. Um hopefully freeing up uh, Julio Jones a little bit. I mean, he was very inefficient in the red zone. Like I say, only three touchdowns uh, all season. I do, I do think he'll regress, posit- uh, positively regress back to the mean a little bit. I think his, his yard, his, his kind of stats last year or kind of what he, he'll end up with this year. So just a couple, basically just a couple more touchdowns than last year. Uh, but certainly I can see a lot of people wincing at the name of uh, Julio Jones. But I think that he's kind of in the cluster of... AJ Green, Julio Jones, you know, the people that are tried and tested, been there for a couple of years now, and it's just like, you know, at what point do they fall off the cliff?
1: Yeah, no, I, I agree. Like, again, that's a good point, actually. Um, so, yeah, the other, the other thing that has, has come to my mind, and just what I've seen from doing a few mock drafts, is that he is actually slipping, you know, into the, you know, the 12 to 14 range, and in some leagues, obviously, that's into the second round. So yep. again, it could be a little bargain for people, but it just shows that, in people's mind, he is... Sort of on the slide a little bit. Maybe that's due his contract holdout, maybe that's due other factors. Yeah. Um, it does show that, you know, there's, there's other people who are sort of creeping up that um, sort of list of elite wide receivers and maybe who there is slipping down a lot in some people's minds this uh, season will answer a lot of those questions. Mm. But uh, people, people are definitely been a bit more wary um, than, than usual.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, the last uh, what have got here? The last six years, he's pretty—he's pretty much been a top ten wide receiver. finishing off, obviously, the season in 2013, where I think he was a bit dinged up and you know was a, was irrelevant. But the last four seasons, he's been a, a top ten wide receiver. So until I know last year was a bit of a downer, but it, it, he got the yards, and it, you know his average average yards per catch was 16.4, which is the highest you know since. Yeah, in the last six years, the stats have gone in front of me. So, I think I think the the offense as a whole kind of failed uh, and got got all the yardage, just couldn't score the touchdowns. And I, th- I think the second year under Steve Sarkeesian, I think I I quite like I like a lot of these Atlanta players, and I'll probably be rostering quite a lot of them. Uh, I just don't know if I'm going to be able to get many Julio Jones shares in my teams. Um, I'm certainly going to get a lot of Matt Ryan's um, and Tevin Coleman's but yeah I, I think I think this year like you say the contract stuff you know is is he more of a wanting money like to kind of des bryant and and all those kind of worries you know making sure that they're paid until they're thirty thirty one thirty two um so it's it's not always nice to to read that they're more interested in that and they don't actually want to play the game uh, as much obviously they come out saying differently but you know at the end of the day if you're look you're more worried about the contract you're playing under rather than the team that you're trying to help win a Super Bowl then you know it's, it's, it's worrying for a first round pick.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's just a little, little intangible factor but you know, it, it doesn't have anything to do with fantasy on the field or no. the game on the field at all, really. It's just it speaks to their mindset and, you know, what's actually important to them. Yeah. Just to just to pop back onto something that you mentioned a minute ago, you say you, um, you're looking to pick up um, Matt Ryan shares. Yes. Okay. He's just just never been um, a quarterback for me that really sticks out as someone that I always target. Um, I just feel like he's a little bit hot and cold
0: sometimes. Yeah, yeah. He's not, he's not someone that I've, I've ever had previously before. I mean, i am always been a Philip Rivers kind of guy, but I just kind of believe in the offence a little bit. I, you know, there's enough trends there for me to say that I, I think that Atlanta will improve, and I think Matt Ryan will, will have a decent season. I don't think he'll have his 2016 season, but um, certainly I think where he, you know, most some leagues he's going undrafted, and I'm quite happy to take him as my last pick, to be quite honest. So for, for an offence that could score a lot of points.
1: Yeah, I'm pretty. I'm pretty shocked to hear that he's going on draft in in some. Um, I definitely, you know, like you say, I, I'm a definite person who drafts quarterback quite late. I'm yeah. not someone who who looks to just, uh, you know acquire my quarterback quite early. So you'd definitely be someone who I would look at if he was hanging around, you know, in the, in the 10th, 12th round. Yeah. But um, not, yeah, I'd like say he's not someone that I've ever really looked at. But again, it's all personal preference, isn't it?
0: Yeah, yeah. I like say I'm... he's not
1: going to have his 2016 season again, but no. he's probably not going to be terrible either.
0: No, and I think, again, similar to Julio Jones, I think and it's a great segue actually to late round sleepers because of uh, obviously Matt Ryan. But yeah, again, I think he would have probably let a lot of people down last season. So a lot of people are very recent recent bias t- types of players in fantasy, you know, if, if you, you got hurt by them last season, a lot of people aren't going to go back to the fire. Do you know what I mean? And um go back in and, and double dip or double down so to speak so I'm quite happy that he's falling quite a lot and he's all, he's just an alternative if I don't get Philip Rivers to be to be quite honest but yeah a great segue into late round late round uh, sleepers and, and kind of diamonds in the rough how, how many how many players do you have there in your list so I've got
1: I've got three to begin with and I've got a little wild card for us
0: okay so why don't why don't you go first and if you have got four cuz I I've got, I've got four as well um but you if you start off
1: Okay. Uh, okay. So first, first one, I'm going to go in with. I'm going to start off with a rookie. So I'm going to go to tight ends, and I'm going to go to Miami. Uh, so I've got Mike Kasicki down as one of my um, late round sleepers. Um, I think that he's going to come in, and he's going to be this sort of new breed of tight end, where you know he's super athletic. He's six foot six, and you know he's going to be a big red zone target for Ryan Tannehill um, moving forward, because um, that's not really what um, Miami are built like Miami don't really have like these big wide receivers. They've got Kenny Still, Dante Parker, you know, Jakeem Grant, Albert Wilson, Diane Mandola. Dante Parker's quite tall, but he's not exactly shown to be a big red zone target. And the rest of the ones that I've just named are either quite small, quite, you know, speedy uh, slot receivers. Whereas to me, that makes Kisiki's, uh you know, stick out like a sore thumb, really, especially the red zone mm. um, targets. And then just moving back into his college career, you know, he's, he's got nine, he had nine touchdowns in his uh, final year at Penn State, obviously means that he can, you know, get his hands on the on the ball in the end zone. And I think that's what um, he'll be used as, you know, he's going to be used down the seams, picking up big chunks of yardage and getting his hands on the ball for six points. So mm. I think, uh, yeah, I think he's got a good potential Maybe as a number two tight end, you know, if you're picking up someone who's maybe a little bit injury prone, and uh, you know, especially if you're in dynasty as well, I think he's going to have a decent career ahead of him. Mm. So I think, uh, yeah, he's one of my he's my first one. He's definitely someone who I'll be uh, targeting in my up and coming drafts that I'll be doing uh, yeah.
0: the next month or so. Yeah, my, I don't, I, I didn't see many Mike Kosicki's come off my mock draft boards. Um, again, obviously, you've got the narrative of, of rookie tight ends. Obviously, Evan Ingram was was an exception last year, but obviously, rookie tight ends usually take a bit of time. To kind of establish themselves in the league, but yeah, like so, I say, th- I think there's a slight different, there's a slight change in trends here about the the Titans that are going to come into the league. You know, they're going to be a bit more pro ready. And like I say, yeah, you yeah, know, Mike Siki's six foot six. And you know the tight end position is an absolute dumpster fire. You only need a touchdown for the for the position to be worth you know worth its while. And if you've got a t- tight end there that can score touchdowns like Max Sicky can, like, like he did in college, then that's kind of all you need. And for a guy that doesn't even get, you know get drafted and in a team Miami where they're facing Buffalo, they're facing the Jets, which are, you know they're not the greatest of defenses. nor are New England, really, to be to be fair, they gave up a lot of yardage last year. I just think that there's quite a lot of a lot of people there that could be, um, you know, he, he's only going to be a kind of an end zone guy like a Jimmy Graham. Obviously, he's, you know, he's, he's a lot younger than Jimmy Graham, but because there are a lot, a lot of mouths to feed there, you know, you've got Albert Wilson, Danny Amendola, Devontae Parker, Kenny Stills, and, and all the rest of them. I do, unless he hits the ground running with with, with Ryan Tannehill. Obviously, Ryan Tannehill loves Kenny Stills and Devontae Parker because they've been there since he's been there, if if you like, but. Yeah, just just worried a little bit, but yeah, I, th- I think he's a perfect complement if you pick up, say, a Jordan Reed or a Trey Burton or someone a bit later on down, you know, you're not going to be picking Zach Hurts in the, the second or third round to then pick up a Mike Gasicki, uh, unless you're maybe in Dynasty, but um, yeah, no, I don't, I don't mind that pick for a, for a tight end uh, position that is, that's awful to try and predict in fantasy, and if you're a streaming person that streams tight ends, I think he's a perfect candidate.
1: Yeah, I think that's a really good point actually. And just the other thing, just touching on what you said about uh, rookie tight Now that a lot of the rookie Titans that are coming in, are these sort of more sort of jumbo receivers, you know, they're not asked to be putting in a lot of work blocking and things like that. By their their coaches and offensive coordinators, yeah, they are being used just jumbo wide receivers. You know, you've got like a city and then last year we mentioned you know Evan Engram, I'm a big fan of David and Joku. They're not. They're not going to be asked to be, you know, in line. Um, how, you know, doing a lot of blocking. They're just out there, just in the slot or even stuck out wide, and they're going to be asked to fully you know, smaller cornerbacks yeah. and safeties. And um, you know, they're kind of altering the way that they're used and the way they're being drafted into the league. And I think you might see a bit of a trend towards rookie tight Titans doing a little bit better in fantasy because they are being used just receivers. Yeah. rather than traditional Titans nowadays. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, really to be seen on that. Bit. But, uh, yeah, I think uh, Kasiki and Joku can't really go wrong in the you know 10th, 11th, 12th round. Mm-hmm. You know, like you say, if you picked up someone like Jordan Reed or Tyler Eifert, who have you know, been good in fantasy over the last few years when they've been on the field, but yep. they're not always on the field. So, you know, if you're going to have someone who's a bit more of a high-end, you know, when he's healthy, sort of high-end, and then back him up with a young guy, then I think that's a good strategy. No, I
0: I'm, I'm am may employ. Yeah, yeah, no, I? no, I, 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 I like, I like that. And I say, David and Joku is someone I, I already kind of getting a bit hyped up uh, myself about uh, for, for for the coming year. But it'll be interesting to see what they do. But yeah, if you, you, I think that you play the position. You either take a good, a very good tight end, or you take two mediocre ones, uh, or one that can kind of. Be a, a a tight end one, two, or three to challenge the big guns, um, like a Jordan Reed, uh, and then just pick up a, a safety net just in case it do- it doesn't work out. Kind of like the the quarterback situation if you take Andrew Luck.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And obviously, obviously, if we are talking dynasty, then obviously these young guys. And if yeah. you pick one up, uh, you know, late late in your um, you know uh, draft into the dynasty, then you know they they if you hit on them and they become like a star, you know, Jim, X player. Yeah
0: then happy days. So yeah, that's how you win leagues. That's how you win championships uh, with that kind of stuff. So um, I'll move on to my first sleeper. So you'll like this one, Lee. I've uh, I've gone for Mike Williams. Now I had a bit of a a Twitter conversation with, I can't remember who it was, but we were talking about uh, Mike Williams and uh, Tyrell Williams and he was saying that he'd rather take Tyrell Williams over Mike Williams. And I'm just like, I don't really understand why. And... Tyrell Williams, it's, along with Travis Benjamin, a bit of more of a you know over the top kind of guy. I think Mike Williams is a, a red zone threat. I think Mike Williams has is the first shot at the wide receiver two there. Um, but I think he, the, the guy that I was chatting with, kind of felt that Tyrell and Mike Williams kind of had an even shot at the number two. Uh, the number two job. I just don't see don't see that personally. But uh, I don't know don't know what you're obviously being the Los Angeles Charger Homer that you that you are. But he's going he's going 49th wide receiver off the board, which is around about the Marquise Lee uh, area. And I just don't get it. I don't understand why you know most most drafts Mike Williams isn't being drafted. And now I know in more. In more competitive leagues, he will be, um, but certainly in all the mocks that I've done, he, he's not going until like twelfth, thirteenth round. But yeah, you know, he's a he's a former first round pick. Obviously injured all all the last season with the back a herniated the disc in the back, I think it was. Um, you know, you've got Hunter Henry obviously out for the season uh, ACL. I just think that there's there's loads of signs there for Mike Williams to to be a stud this year. Yeah, I think there's
1: there's quite a lot of there's quite a lot of scope for, for a few of the charges wide receivers to take advantage of the fact that Henry's not going to be there. Because without being a wide receiver, towards the end of last season, he was the de facto number two option, Phillip Rivers after Keenan Allen. Um, just going to, back to your Twitter conversation, uh, I, would, I would probably go for Mike Williams over Tyrell. To be fair, uh, Tyrell's been a good good receiver for the Chargers. He, he is like you say, he's more of a sort been, of a, a deep threat down the field, mm. field to take your top of the defense. He's not. He's not even though he's a tall receiver, he's not overly physical. He's not overly fit. No, reliable,
0: uh, he's not though,
1: someone though. who wins. Hmm. Uh, which is obviously what Mike Williams Forte is supposed to be. Yeah. Uh, that injury is now totally cleared up, and I think like what you were saying about uh, Mike Williams having the sort of clearer path to the number two wide receiver role for LA. I think you're perfectly right because obviously you don't draft a guy number seven overall, and if you're not going to have total faith in him behind your star wide receiver. Yeah. Um, you know that. Like I say, that injury is cleared up now, and I think he's gonna he's gonna come into his own. He's had a lot of recovery time he would have more time, obviously, or he will have more time in training camp to work on that chemistry that he missed out on with Killy Rivers. Yeah. And um, he's going to be a red zone target as well, which, and Tyrell Williams isn't a red zone target at all. He's actually not great in the red zone at all. So, um, you know, with Henry out, it's going to be in the red zone for the Chargers. It's going to be looking at, you know, Keane Allen as usual. Um, and then the big body of Mike Williams going vertical. And then, you know, people like Melvin Gordon as well. Yeah. He, on the ground and through the air on things like screens, and stuff like that. So yeah. he, he, Travis, Travis
0: Benjamin and Tyrell Williams don't really get a great deal of looking no. uh, in the red zone. No, and, and another reason why I noted Mike Williams down here was, you know, Keenan Allen's season last season was, was the first time he's actually had a full season health. So, you know, it's all right saying that there's a clear path to wide receiver two. There's actually, a, you know, there is a scenario where he's a wide receiver one and I want the wide receiver one in, an, in a Los Angeles Chargers offense this season. Um, you know, he's six. He's six foot three. He's not obviously the, the tallest guy, but uh, guy from Clemson. When he when he was healthy in college, uh, obviously he missed twenty fifteen with with health issues as well. So, you know, I think that's probably built into the to the late round price is the is the injury issues for Mike Williams himself as well. But you know, when he plays ten plus games uh, in college, you know he he has absolutely phenomenal stats. Like 2016, 15 games for Clemson. Ninety-eight receptions, 13, over thirteen hundred and fifty yards, eleven touchdowns, which is nearly 14, 14 yards per catch uh, on average there. And uh, 2014, 12 games, fifty-seven receptions, and still over a thousand yards and six touchdowns. And I just think there's that's translatable to the to to the NFL. And I, I think there's you know the, the ceiling could be could be sky high. Yeah, no, I
1: totally agree. Um, I, I think he's going to be looking at replicating those college stats in the pros. Maybe not in his first season. I think um we'll be looking at possibly, you know, approaching a thousand yards and hopefully a few touchdowns as well, like I say being that red zone option. Yeah. Um yeah, no, i definitely have him down as a late round sleeper. Yeah. But um just touching on to something you just mentioned again, just need to do me a favour, you need to not mention anything about Keenan Allen getting injured. <laughs> that can't happen. Don't need to happen, needs to be fully healthy for the, the I think, whole season I think. and be leading us uh into the you know deep
0: playoff run. Charges for the Super Bowl, Lee. I'm on it. I'm on it. I'm yeah. I'm I'm in the ba- I'm on the bandwagon. I've bought my ticket. I've bought my ticket, and I'm just riding all the way to Pleasure Town. <laughs> Keenan <laughs> Allen's that's gonna be lovely. fine. He's gonna be all right. Hunter Henry. They've had to, the charges. Got their one their one injury for the season. That's fine. Hunter Henry's gone. It's that's it. <laughs> do you want to yeah. do, do you want to move on but, but I to your one? A bit more
1: along
0: the way, but <laughs> not anyone doing more. <laughs> no, absolutely no. Right, Kate. Do you want to move on to your second?
1: Yeah, so my second one. Uh, so going actually to over to your team now. A uh, new acquisition for your boys, your Cowboys. So that is Alan Hearns.
0: Oh, I so like I see, it. I see him.
1: I see him going. You know, late on uh, in a lot of a lot of drafts. You know, sometimes in the 14th, 15th round. And I don't think he's a, really, he's a bad pickup at all. Actually, you know, he's he's got the pedigree. Although it was a few years ago where he went over a thousand yards, ten touchdowns for Jacksonville in 2015. Um, you know, as a one, as a one B option alongside Alan Robinson. Yeah. And um, I just think in the sort of how do I put this nicely, <laughs> bad wide receiver room that Dallas have, um, muddy wide receiver room. You know, someone someone's got to emerge. Someone's got to be that person who's going to go and take over the large amount of um, target share that Jason Witten and Des Bryant are going to leave behind. Someone you know, someone someone's got to take those balls. Yeah. And Prescott's gonna be quite more of like a like a point guard to take a basketball analogy, where he's just gonna spread around the ball to whoever's open. Mm. And I think has got the chance to be that person. Prescott's not got a force feed you know, Des Bryant anymore you know, to avoid him having hissy fits. Yeah. I think that could all I think that could work for Hearns and for Dallas, you know, for the better, I would say. Yeah. And you know, you're not if you're picking up Alan Hearns or someone like that in the 12, 13, 14 round, then you're not going to expect, you know, world-beating stats every week. But no. He definitely could develop into, you know, number one receiver in Dallas and, um, you know, surprise a few people with his production. And, you know, I'm not expecting him to go over 1,000 yards and 10 touchdowns again, but, you know, if you're taking someone in the, the you know, the 14th round or something like that, then, you know, you, you're not expecting too much and it could surprise a few people.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, everything, everything what you were saying there, I was, I was just lapping, I was lapping it all up, and then you had to go and put the downer on, not not having a thousand yards or ten touchdowns. And I, 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 you know, the the first part of that conversation was pretty good, and I was like, this is why I invite you back onto the show. But then you just go and go and go and pour some water on it. No, no, I, I totally agree. I certainly think um, I really wish at some sometimes that I wasn't a Cowboys fan, not because obviously the the stick I get, but. I'd, also, I'd just love to know what my opinion would be of the Cowboys wide receivers and Dak Prescott if I wasn't a Cowboys receiver. Because obviously I see things through slightly rose-tinted glasses, I suppose. But I, d- I certainly think the Cowboys would be a hell of a lot better this year. I mean, you only have to have a look at the stats, at what it's like when we have Zeke and when we don't have Zeke. And I just think Dak Prescott, look at his rookie season. He was fine. He was, he was making plays, tight windows and all, and all the rest of it. And I just think you're right. Someone someone's gotta catch the ball there, someone's gotta get open. You've got Gallup, you've got Hearns. I certainly think Hearns will start off as the trailblazer in the team, but I, I think Um Michael Gallup will is actually the best wide receiver on the team, but I just think the Dallas the inept Dallas coaching they won't really figure that out until week seventeen. Uh, <laughs> 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 um <laughs> But yeah, I mean, yeah, the whole point of the, the late round stuff is just to try and find a diamond that can be an Alvin Kamara like last season. He can be the number one in the backfield. He can be a number one in in the wide receiving team that that puts up a th- over a thousand yards. And I certainly think the Allen Hearns has a, has a sh- kind of a shot of that. Now, do I think he's going to do it? Probably not. No, but um, you know, he's cer- certainly going to be someone serviceable to put in a flex position a couple more than a couple of times uh, during the season, which is all you can ask for for someone that's going in the twelfth uh, and thirteenth round.
1: Yeah, definitely. And like you said, um just perfectly correcting what you're saying, when Dallas do have Ezekiel Earlier in their their starting lineup then they're a much better team. Yeah. You know, and he's not gonna have that all that legal trouble anymore. He's gonna be and raring to go hopefully for this season. Prove a point. And that's gonna open up for everyone else. And, mm-hmm. you know that that person, like I say, who could emerge as from the uh from the I don't know, it's all they're all <laughs> much of a muchness, aren't they, a lot of the yeah. players that you've got a wide receiver. So yeah. who's the person who could emerge from that?
0: Kyle. Could be Alan Hearns, I think. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. I, certainly from my point of view, if I'm if I'm Allen Hearns owner, first couple of weeks you're hoping that he hits it off, and he's the guy that you know. Obviously they paid him the money over the off season, and Gallup's only just the, the kind of a draft pick. But Allen's would probably be a candidate that I'd probably trade whilst it's high, because you could probably get a, quite a bit for him, especially if the Dallas Dallas offense is firing. And I'm, I'm you know I'm not kidding anyone. They're a run first team, and they're going to run the ball. Two thirds of the time yeah. uh, this season, and that's you know that's how they play. Um, but certainly, if you, you know first couple of weeks, you see Alan Hearns as a top top uh, wide receiver one, wide receiver two kind of category. He's a he's a person that you could make for a decent trade piece, um, and then you know maybe get Gallup Gallup on the way back coming back for you, and hopefully he pick up in in the later part of the season. But yeah, no, certainly like Alan Allen Hearns in the in the late rounds there. Yeah, no, I totally
1: agree. Yeah, it's a, it's a good little. Um trade
0: strategy that you've got going there i think that's a very valid point giving away all my trade secrets i shall move on swiftly (laughs) swiftly on Um, so my next one um i'm going to go back to kansas city now obviously i mentioned kareem hunt is uh as a bust for me in the first round and obviously part of that reason which we mentioned was spencer ware so spencer ware is going in the very late rounds if being drafted at all and I think you yeah, know won't need to take too many minutes on on explaining why. Again, I think he can certainly eat into Kareem Hunt's workload a little bit more than people are probably giving him credit for. He was the the running back one going into last season, and I just think that there's certainly a couple of weeks there that which you'll be able to use him. Like say there was a five week stretch last year that Kareem Hunt barely saw the ball, and obviously that was because Andy Reid was was the, the play caller. But you know Andy Reid is the play caller this year pretty much because um, Matt Nagy has now gone. So I just think you know, for someone, if you if you go wide receiver heavy in, in the first couple of rounds, Spencer Ware is kind of someone you could circle maybe with your last pick, um, unless you're playing a league with kickers. In in which case, I'd probably still take Spencer Ware. And that's just one one point I actually want to make. <laughs> one point I want to make is that if you if you're in a in a league that doesn't require you to fill all your spots don't never draft a kicker if you you know kickers are so random i did an article on the website um cheap plug in here about you know uh, domes kicker in domes and kickers in on the whole are actually quite random and it's very hard to predict on you know what what kickers to have so don't if if you don't have to fill a kicker spot in your league don't actually fill your kicker spot with with a selection pick someone else that has very high, up, high uh, upside you know you can watch over pre-season and potentially you know strike a bit of gold whether it be you know an injury or someone like you know Dronoma Allisons another one who I haven't got actually got on my list but is another guy that I like late you know pick up pick up these guys cuz you know they're very worst on the Sunday at 5:59 you can drop them for a kicker uh, drop them for a kicker um, and no, you know, no harm is done whatsoever. So there's always going to be plenty of kickers on the waivers. Just don't don't waste a draft pick on a kicker with your last with your last pick. But um, going back to my... I was going on for a bit of a run there, but I don't really know why. I'm probably just a bit angry. <laughs> to
1: be fair, I was, I was actually in agreement with you there, to be honest. Um, you know, I I often stream kickers, and you know, if you do play in the league, that has them. You yeah. don't really... You know, you see people sometimes take picking people like Justin Tucker in the tenth round, yeah, you know, no, it's because just he's a well-renowned, crazy. very accurate, great kicker. Obviously, yeah. It's not taking away from him, but he's not worth a tenth round pick when nah. you can pick up, you know, someone like the likes of the people that we've been talking about as our late round sleepers. Mm. Yeah, you know, I picked up last year in one of my leagues, you know, just because when I was streaming, I picked up Jake Elliott from the Eagle. Yeah, and I kept him for the rest of the season because he was obviously having a great season after Sturgis got injured. Yeah, and you know you just fall in into these things, and you get lucky sometimes, and it works out really well. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, you know you don't need to draft Justin Tucker or I don't know Adam Vanettiere or whatever in the you know anything before the fifteenth round.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, but yeah, going back to the Spencer, obviously he's only twenty six. Uh, he's had a bit of a bit of a journey in in the NFL. Obviously drafted by the Seattle Seahawks way back when. Uh, Kansas City have picked him up and dropped him more than. Um, a careless parent, I suppose, with a baby—that's a really bad, uh, <laughs> really bad analogy. Who uh, might have to edit where that went out? I probably won't. But there we go. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, obviously started uh, when Jamal actually got the job because of Jamal Charles is in ACL injury back in 2014. I think it is off the top of my head. But yeah, yeah. You know, it just seems to be a recurring theme in that backfield. There, obviously, someone going down to an ACL injury. Uh, or just an injury, and then someone else picking up the gig. But I certainly think Spencer Ware has enough of, enough of this backfield to to warrant a last round pick. Um, I know it's not it's obviously not a clear path or a very murky path to uh, a running back one, unless maybe Kareem Hunt gets injured. And obviously, we don't wish that on anyone. But I certainly, think he's just been tossed away to the Wolves a little bit, Spencer Ware. And I just think he doesn't get the respect maybe he should he should do. Yeah, no, it goes back to what we were talking
1: about earlier. You know, he's going he's gonna to take away from, from Hunt's uh, touch, his share, and uh, yeah, he's, he's well capable, you know, before, like you say, when he took over from Jamal Charles, he had a great season, he played himself into being number one back, and probably played Jamal Charles out of town a little bit, and yeah. that's probably why he's not there still, and you know, and he's a bit of a, a Chiefs legend as well, yeah. Um, yeah, you know, Jamal Charles, so yeah, like you say, it's a bit of a revolving door, and these things happen.
0: Yeah, and I mean, he, uh, he he's going in rounds. He's going round in the rounds, same as like Frank Gore, Matt Breeder, and Kenneth Dixon. And I just think those three, Kenneth Dixon, I think, has seen a bit of hype uh, over the last week or so. But yeah, certainly Spencer Ware will have more of a backfield uh, share than, than those three guys. And yeah, I'm quite happy to take him if, if I'm going Antonio Brown in the first round and I need some running backs later on.
1: Hmm yeah and if, if you're if you're someone who looks to do handcuffs as well you could pick you know, up cream on you know quite early you know yep. late late first early second yeah and then you know you could handcuff him to spencer wear later on yeah you know, if you, do, if you do, do that i know quite a lot of people like to do stuff like that
0: yeah okay cool do you want to move on to your next one
1: yeah so my last last one for me well last last proper one called yep. my wild card yeah is uh, another rookie. I'm staying in the running back position, though. It's um, going to Indianapolis, going for Naheem Hines, the mm. fourth round pick out of uh, NC State.
0: Yep.
1: So he's more of a, you know, more of a smaller, scat-back uh, type player. He's going to be working with a lot of receptions and probably less uh, rushing attempts. But he does have you know a lot of pace. You know, he's run in the combine. He ran a 4.38 40-yard um, dash. Which just shows that he's got that he's got the pace to be able to take it, you know, a long distance or maybe even to the house at any point. Yeah. Um. You know, Andrew look, We 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 spoke about him previously. I know you've got your um, predictions about him potentially not playing again and things like that. But it does look like he's you know he's working his way back. But he how does. Strong is he? That's the question. You know, is he gonna is he gonna be able to, you know, still launch it down the field with a you know strong arm yeah. or is his is his power? Yeah, uh, and you know, Trent's been sacked too much. And he's going to have to become maybe a bit more conservative, check down, Charlie kind of quarterback. And uh, you know, that could play into the the hands of you know a <laughs> receiving back like Naeem Hand. And you know, we are we're talking about a player who in a lot of uh, drafts is probably not even going to go draft This is a very deep dive, I would say.
0: Yeah, for this one. I've taken him a few times. But he's definitely
1: someone I think can pay dividends late on.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, I like it. Again, I think a lot of the value. I, it's, you know this this late in the draft you know, you're looking for kind of upside and ceilings and obviously Naeem Hines and most of the, the Colts offence there are, are kind of tagged to Andrew Luck and like you say yeah it's actually looking quite positive for Luck at the moment but again you know that's probably just just from a health standpoint you don't know what he's playing like and reports are that he's going to be a full go and they'll be conservative with him go, you know in the pre-season which is only a couple of weeks away now uh, training camp mini camps obviously uh, tra- sorry training camps start now this week and be interesting to see what they do with him. I don't think they'll do a great deal. Uh, they'll still keep him in, in cotton wool. But even even when the um, the regular season starts, I, I do think Andrew Luck will kind of be eased in a little bit because obviously you don't want to be in the same situation where he recurs the injury. But yeah, going back to Na'im Hines, yeah, quite like him. I'm Not a big fan of Marlon Mack and the other. Who's the other guy there? Is it Jordan Wilkins?
1: Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah
0: exactly. I don't really. I, I think Na'im Hines has probably the most value out of this backfield. Um he, he can do a lot of different a lot of different things and like I say I, he's a couple. he's a guy that I've taken in the last rounds last couple of rounds of, of my last couple of mocks and I don't, don't really know why, I don't really have an attraction to him at all, um from a fantasy standpoint. But yeah, certainly he could he could be a league winner should you know, if Andrew Luck comes back hundred percent and all guns are blazing there. Yeah, exactly. You know, like you say you're
1: just looking for someone like I say like you said a few times just diamond in the rock, someone who can you know, maybe pick a few points on a, a you know an odd week if you have to throw them in. You know, if you feel like they've got a good matchup or something like that. Yeah. You know, the catch fire, and you know, he really like points out some four in that. Um, you know, it's not a great backfield situation that you've got going on there. So no. if, he, if he really emerges from that, you know, if you pick him up in the 15th or even off, you know. Waivers are undrafted, it's yeah. someone who can like you say win your leagues or win you at least a few
0: games with a with a high score every now and then. Yeah. It's not it's not a hard backfield to beat everyone else out and obviously Robert Turbin also we should mention obviously is suspended for uh first part of the season. Um yeah. No, I, I d I don't mind that at all, Naeem Hines and again he is similar to Spencer Ware, where if you know, you're a bit thin at running back, they, you know, you take a punt on these kind of these lottery tickets and hopefully they, they get a decent share a share of the backfield. So yeah. Okay, yeah. Exactly. Moving on, um, I've got two more. So yeah, that fits in quite nicely. So the next one I've got is uh, Deshaun Jackson. He's currently the one of the fifty ninth wide receiver coming off the board. So he's going around the Tyler Lockett, Brandon Marshall, Josh Doxon kind of area. Uh, uh, area, and I don't really know why. I mean, I get I get the Chris Godwin hype. I get that he's it's a crowded wide receiving core if you include the two tight ends there, but. In two in two in two wide receiver sets, he's the wide receiver two there. He's still got the speed, despite being you know past the age of the wrong side of thirty. Um, you know he loves doing the nine routes. He's effective at at doing that as well. And if it wasn't for a couple of passes last season, he would have had a pretty pretty productive season. I, I think you know, there was a couple of long passes that just went through kind of the fingertips, and I don't think a lot of people are giving the, the you know. Since the fact that they played sixteen straight games last season, and you know it probably took their toll, and I, I, I just think that Deshaun Jackson will have better numbers than last year, and to for someone that's going undrafted, I'm quite happy to have a, a plug and play guy like him uh, in there. Now I know, Jameis Winston's been since been suspended for the first couple of games, so Ryan Fitzpatrick is coming in, but Ryan Fitzpatrick can pummel, um, the pummel the ball out, and to, obviously he target he'll probably target Mike, Mike Evans more than than he should do, but. Yeah, uh, Sean Dachshund, I think, is is being really disrespected in, in fantasy this year.
1: Yeah, no, he, he's um, definitely, you know, one of those people that you thought was a bit unlucky with the way it all fell in Tampa Bay last yeah. year. Yeah.
0: You
1: know, like you say, he missed out on a few big plays with so just falling through his fingertips, which obviously is unlucky. And then obviously no one can help, you know, a natural disaster, which meant that their schedule got messed up in his play. You know, such a you know a, a long stretch. You know, unheard of stretch of games. Yeah. Which obviously yeah. takes it toll, It's obviously a very tough game to play, and uh, there's a lot of travelling involved. And um, you know, even you know along the stretch. Um, other you problem, know, like I say, is um James Winston's obviously got a suspension. Ryan Fitzpatrick, though, know, a fairly capable quarterback on his day. His day doesn't come around all the time. But no. he he's not a handoff count. quarterback,
0: though. Yeah, you,
1: know, you can. You can. You can he can definitely play though on his day. There's nothing, nothing stopping uh, having a great performance every now and then. No. Nah, the, nah. the problem that I do see though is that um, books have quite an opening, uh, opening schedule. They do, and yeah. uh, you know, the Jackson's not someone you might need to stash. Yeah. Um, you know, until things get the going gets a little bit easier. Yeah. Yeah, no, he's, he's certainly. He's always been a, a player that I'd, I've never minded taking late on. Uh, you know, with big playability and things like that. You know, he can take one one catch and it can go for quite a few points just on its own. You know, if that goes for a long score. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, like like I say, just another uh, potentially late round value pick that you know you can stash, maybe trade if he catches fire, like you were saying earlier. And yeah. uh, you know, might win you a few games if he merges. Yeah. He wide receiver number two, like Mike Evans.
0: Yeah, I mean certainly the play the players that is going around. I'll certainly have to Sean Jackson all day long. But uh, just to go back to your point there about the uh, natural disasters, there's actually two natural disasters they had last season. Obviously the hurricane, but also they had Dirt Cutter as well. But who, <laughs> who, <laughs> yeah, who who's still he's still <laughs> there? But he might be gone by the bye week, so you know you never know. But so yeah, like his second year in the offense as well. Obviously first year in offenses for players, it's always you know the acclimatization can sometimes be an issue. And obviously I. I I attribute that to some of the catches that he he could have had that were uh, were missed but um yeah I just think he's you know he's had three 1000-yard seasons in the last 5 years he still has the speed despite his age I just think you know, he's, he's again, he's not one for PPR. I'd certainly recommend this in standard rather than, than PPR. He's, he's not a high reception guy. I mean, he's, he, the most receptions he's had in the last five years is 82, but all the other ones was you know under all under 60. Um, so it's, yeah, very much boom or bust. But you know, if you've got a bye week, you know, a mass exodus on the bye week, and you need someone to plug in, he could certainly pop up and win you a week where you may have uh, may previously lost that week. But um, yeah, no, I I I don't mind taking him late in the in the deeper leagues.
1: Yeah, so, and like I said, I'm just on my just, just adding to my point about the schedule, just pulled up the book schedule actually, and uh, from to so week weeks are one to four are pretty tough. They play the Saints, Saints the Eagles, yeah. the Steelers, and the Bears.
0: Yeah,
1: and then the Falcons that's their first five weeks. And after that, it gets like a lot easier. So if you can, like stash him away, and you know potentially break him out for this little run. So they go to the Browns. They host the Bengals. We've got the Panthers, which will be a tough divisional round, uh, divisional game. Yeah. Uh, and then after that, they play the Redskins and the Giants, mm. and the Giants game is in Tampa Bay. After, yeah. you know, it'll be a long trip for the Giants there. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, that's that's pretty pretty soft schedule yeah. for that little stretch. If mm. you can catch fire, it's going to be there. Yeah. You know, like you say, the bye week sort of kicked off by then, and if you're missing a piece, you know, like a big wide receiver, maybe you can slot him in and he can take advantage of some of those, like, Weaker, weaker
0: defenses. Yeah, it might be worth it. Might be worth just circling the Tampa play players after week four, week five, because they say if Mike Evans doesn't get anywhere, someone's going to invest in a second round pick in him. He could be, could be fairly cheap, I suppose. And then with Winston coming back as well, Winston will obviously be on waivers. Uh, he could be a waiver wire ad week three, week four, obviously just before he returns. So, yeah, no, I don't mind that one too much. Okay, so when what's uh, let, let's let get let, give everyone your uh, wild card for for the season.
1: My wild card. Okay, so. Uh, it was just announced just earlier, just before we were coming on actually that um Josh Gordon is gonna go back and he's gonna set out a bit of training camp to yeah. seeking extra counselling. Yeah. And back of this it, it's been rumoured that Des Bryant is on his way to Cleveland. Ooh. Um, and you know, if he's if he's gonna be there, you know, in the fifteen fifteen, fourteen round maybe going undrafted, um, you know, because Josh Gordon isn't gonna make it into the early parts of this season because he's seeking the help then, you know, Cleveland's going to need a, a big wide receiver to fill that void, and if Des is that guy, then, you know, he could be, you a know, mm. late value pick. Yeah. Obviously, he's not on the team at the moment, it's all still yet to go through, and I don't even think it's anything beyond talks yeah. at the moment, he's not you know, going for a visit or anything like that, it's just been rumoured, but uh, if, he, if that ends up being, you know, coming to fruition, I think that could be a, another late round, um, you mm. know, steal, perhaps, Yeah. Um, not someone that I've ever really liked. Obviously, you, you, you'll have a stronger opinion on him than I do. But yeah, there's never someone who I've really been struck as a you know great receiver. But if he's he's coming onto your rosters, you know your wide receiver four or five. Yeah. You know you're not investing a lot into him. He could be. You know he's definitely got the pedigree, he's Definitely got the reputation. You know he's, he could be you know another late round pickup that'll get you a, a few more points. You yeah. Know, in and yeah, it's an interesting.
0: It's an interesting one actually because if you th- on the face of it you think about it. They don't really have a red zone guy um, in Cleveland. Obviously, you've got Josh Gordon who can do pretty much anything anyway. Um, and obviously, the Josh Gordon stuff, I think it was just obviously because you've got the Hard Knocks cameras around. I just think they they want to make sure that he's in the right headspace, he's in the right zone for, for when the season starts. So that's, I think that's why he's obviously done the extra cancelling as well. Just to take him out of the limelight, obviously, um, he's, he's obviously in the great in great shape. Um, so maybe just taking the steam off the hype train a little bit but yeah going back to, to Des Bryant there's not really a red zone guy there in um, in, in Cleveland obviously Corey Car- he could even be out Corey Coleman to be honest who's uh, is a cut candidate I've, I've heard but obviously Jarvis Landry is the guy over the middle uh, and the safe hands you've got uh, Njoku who's a, a, a kind of a defence splitter I suppose he he often runs down the field as well over the top and uh, say Josh Gordon could do anything so yeah I mean the, the, it, it suits Des Bryant's uh, skill set to be a kind of a red zone guy now whether he'll go to Cleveland <laughs> I don't know there would be some jokes going around there or some memes flying about the internet if it did happen but yeah and I think the, the final point I just wanted to make about that is if you do if he does go to Cleveland he does sign I think his ADP will shoot up now I'm not quite sure where he would go I assume I don't know probably about maybe I don't think it would go that high, but maybe for name value you'd probably see seventh, eighth round, ninth round maybe, in that in that vicinity. point,
1: it, it, although like you say there is a lot of jokes going around about the Browns like uh, there always is, um you know, just being a bad franchise. But when you look at their, you know, offence on paper and their wide receivers on paper, they do actually have quite a decent group. So it'd be difficult for, you know, when Gordon does return to see where Brian does actually fit into that. you know, if he can can Slot in there and take uh, you know take a the Josh Gordon role for a little bit, then you know it could work in everyone's favour, Cleveland and, and Dez's as well. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I just think it could be you know a little wild card. It's not it's not something that's set in stone. I certainly, no. you know, I don't think many people would draft him while he's not on a team. Yeah, um, you know and he is, he's out there looking. He's not going to retire, so you know it's, it's something that to keep an eye on. I would
0: say. Yeah, no, interesting one. Yeah, no, I certainly don't mind it. Um, yeah, so it's just kind of a keep your eyes peeled and try and, try and be the first one, to, you know, if you're in Dynasty, try and be the first one to get him, if you like, because um, it will certainly provide a bit of value. Okay, so since seems are like we're just crossing the hour mark. I'll quickly flick through the last one for me. So the last one I've gone for, not overly confident in this one, but it's Paul Richardson, uh, the new Washington Redskins wide receiver. Um, obviously, he had, a, he had a sneaky good season last year in Seattle, uh 44 receptions over 700 yards and six touchdowns i think quite a lot of people forget about the six touch touchdowns there um and he was, he was very reliable um in in as a kind of not really as a number 2 but as a, as a deep as a deep bomb he averaged 16 yards uh, per catch last season and alex smith was actually the best uh, quarterback last season at the long at the long ball now i'm not saying that he's going to go come to washington and do exactly the same he will probably revert to the alex smith of old Uh, especially with Darius Geis and maybe the run game there but of the the wide receivers there you know it's not it's it's a crowded one and there's not really there's talent there but there's no established kind of pecking order and it wouldn't you know they've paid Paul Richardson a lot of money uh, in the offseason five years 40 million dollars and it it would surprise me if he came in and and did a a Terrell Pryor and kind of went missing Um, but for someone that you know kind of Again, like Deshaun Jackson, can win you a week where you might have uh, lost. You know, he only really needs to catch one ball uh, for a long one to to make your you know your justification for for starting them worthwhile. Um, I just think it's his second contract now in the NFL. Time to step up, and he's certainly got the surroundings around him to be able to do that.
1: Yeah, that's it exactly. He's he, you know he's, he's moved into that sort of veteran era now where you know he's well established in the league, been around for a little bit. He's had success to a certain degree, and like you say, the, the Redskins were looking for someone to emerge out of that group. You know, with Jameson Crowder and oh, is his name Jameson Crowder?
0: Yeah, yeah, Jameson Crowder. <laughs> Jameson Crowder, Josh oh, Duxon.
1: I just you know when you just think I've said something and then you don't, <laughs> don't think it's right as soon as you say it. And <laughs> I was like, oh, oh no, yeah, so. Uh, okay, I'll just start that again. So, um, yeah, they'll be looking for someone to emerge from that group with uh, Jameson Crowder and Josh doxson Yeah, and like you say, they, they paid Porzingis um, quite a lot of money there, so they will obviously be looking to put him in a position to succeed. And uh, you know, Alex Smith will be looking to build up some sort of chemistry. Yeah, and like I said, he's not a rookie anymore. He's not, you know, he's not a young player. He's going to be, you know, he's going to be looking to build that chemistry as well, and he's going to be used to being in the league. And, uh, you know, he's got a good chance of doing that and emerging. So, yeah, it's definitely, like I say, he had a sneaky good season. He's got a good chance of replicating at least what he did uh, in Seattle again Yeah, uh, with, uh, with the skin.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Alex Smith doesn't have any rapport with anyone. So, he's, you know, he's kind of up for grabs, the pecking order, if you like, or the go-to kind of guy. Alex Smith very much likes uh, throwing to guys that are open. Uh Paul Richardson has the speed and, and got open enough last season. You know, you've got Josh Doxon there, Jameson Crowder aren't guys that get much separation. Jordan Reed obviously is the guy that does. Um but if he's injured, certainly that gives more of a case for Paul Richardson uh to get to get the ball. And like I say, we've 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 seen last season that Smith is not afraid to do a YOLO and, and throw it 30 thirty, forty yards <laughs> down the field. Um <laughs> But, you know they're all young they're all new and it's, it's yeah it could take a couple of weeks to to gel um but i think portion has just as good a shot as, as the other guys there that i've mentioned to to be the number one there and someone that's going undrafted or in the later rounds i'm quite happy to take a to take a shot on him as well yeah definitely i think yeah
1: like you say he's got a good chance um they'll be looking for, for doxon to step up i think as well yeah but, um you yeah. had an injury, yeah. uh Punctuated start to his NFL
0: career. Yeah, he's an well, um, amazing yeah, guy. He
1: definitely got a chance to uh, to emerge because Crowder's going to be playing more in the slot. I feel, and um, if he can you know win that outside job and you know complement Doxson quite well, then you know there could be a recipe for uh, success in uh, Washington.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Okay, cool. So yeah, just to recap then. So my first round busts were uh, Kareem Hunt and Alvin Kamara. Uh, yours were Leonard Fournette and uh, David Johnson, and then my late round sleepers, Mike Williams. Uh, Sean Jackson, Spencer Ware, and uh, Paul Richardson, and then you had obviously your wild card uh, as Des Bryant, and you've gone. Uh, who did you have? Naheem Hines was one, and I've got really poor memory.
1: Alan Hearns Alan, <laughs> Alan, Alan um, a
0: a oh, How could I? How could I forget Alan Hearns? He's Dallas for crying out loud. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. So that, that pretty much wraps it up. Then, um, then Lee. So I suppose I uh, say we'll try and get you on, and we'll we'll do some AFC West preview uh, in in the coming weeks.
1: Yeah, can't wait. You We're know, t- I don't uh, ever really turn down a opportunity to talk about the Chargers, so yeah, i will yeah. definitely go
0: for that. We'll put you, we'll put you on speed dial, and um, we can, help, we can, we can kind of revel in the fact that the Chargers are going to win a Super Bowl and win us sleds of money. <laughs> cool. All right, buddy. You take win. care, and um, let's say, uh, yeah. yeah. Um, how how are you enjoying the new job, by the way?
1: Yeah, no, no,
0: no, it's gone really well so far. Um, obviously, with with everything has ups and downs, but uh, generally, generally more
1: ups and downs so far. So yeah, bedding in quite nicely. Thank yeah. you. Hopefully, it doesn't get
0: too long in the tooth. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, uh, it's a bit of traffic going past, so I missed that. <laughs> I, your, yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't go to the podcast <laughs> without sparing a, a tooth, a, a dental joke, but um, we'll we'll leave yeah. we'll leave it we'll leave it on that <laughs> bad note, and uh, we'll say goodbye, and I'll, and I'll I'll speak to you soon, buddy. Take care. Yeah, see you, Tim. Thank you again. i uh, back soon. <laughs> see you later, buddy. So there you have it. There are the first round busts for this year and there are some late round sleepers for you as well. If there are any that you feel that we should be mentioning, get in touch with us, let us know, and we shall read those out. Uh, Hopefully next up on the podcast, we will have Adam from Touchdown Hit Tips once again joining us. We're going to have a mythical uh, amount of money to spend over a certain amount of markets. So for all you gamblers out there, that's one that's certainly worth checking out. Thank you so much for joining us uh, on today's show. Really appreciate you listening. Please uh, share us wherever possible. Get get the word out there. We've got some exciting podcasts coming up over the next couple of weeks. got a couple of guys from America talking about defense. IDPs and Dynasty Leagues and uh, some other divisional previews. We've also got uh, Britball Week coming up, which should be the first or second week in August, so keep your eyes peeled on social media for that. Really appreciate you tuning in, really appreciate the following. Thank you so much. Uh, Makes it all worth it. Um, We'll be with you again uh, very, very shortly indeed. But in the great words of Kevin Cadle, it's bye-bye for now. Bye-bye.